Hello and welcome to Radio Machantleth, coming to you from 35 to 37 Mainguin Street in Machantleth, the home of the Deco Shop, one of the finest shops in that part of the high street. And thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Machantleth. And the big question we're going to ask uh, today is, are we living in a bubble? A couple of folks have said that phrase to me recently and I was just wondering really we're kind of cut off a little bit from the outside world and you know it's beautifully sunny weather spring is bursting into life it's a beautiful place the Dovey Valley at this time of year and yet of course there is a pandemic raging around much of the world and I I sort of thought perhaps we should attempt to break out of the bubble with this episode of Radio Machantleth and perhaps see how folks are getting on in other parts of the globe. So uh, I thought we could kick off by giving John a ring. John lives in South Africa in Cape Town and he's got a wine business there and a a kind of wine bar in the middle of Cape Town. And I imagine they uh, are experiencing lockdown in a slightly different way to us. So let's give Let's give John a ring. He's a lovely man and we'll see how it's, how they're getting on down in South Africa. So let's see if we can catch him. Hello. Hello, John. It's Mark from uh, the Dovey Valley in Wales. Hello, Mark. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, I thought I'd give you a quick ring to uh, check how you're doing in uh, lockdown South Africa. Oh, it's a, uh, we're, we're doing well, but it's, uh, it, it, it's quite a thing. Um, I think it's a little bit, a little bit stricter than you guys are having uh, back up there in the UK. Right. Yep. How long have you been uh, interred in your house? Uh, this is day 20. Is it? Um, and or- originally tomorrow was meant to be the, uh, the final day, but we got 14 days in. Uh, yep. And our president uh, decided the best thing was going to be to extend it by uh, another two weeks. So you're, and, and are you able to go out to buy food and for essential trips? Uh, we, we are. We're allowed to go um, for grocery shopping. We're allowed to go for medical appointments and we're allowed to go to the pharmacy. That, that is literally it. Um, no dog walking, no jogging outside, uh, no leaving the actual boundaries uh, of your residential property. And what's, I mean, what's the situation there with the virus? Is it what level of infection? Do you know anything about the statistics for it or how many people? Are uh, I believe South Africa's got just over 2,000, um, uh, just over 2,000 confirmed cases. Yeah, but of course the uh, like uh, like Europe and, and yourselves, of course the the real infection rate isn't really known because we haven't had the resources to do mass testing, um, yep. which I think largely is why they've gone so hard and, and fast on our on our lockdown with us is to buy the government time to to, to to get prepared. I think they're expecting our infection peak to be September. Wow, really. Uh, but but so far the the actual numbers are, are fairly low. I think I think we're fewer than a fewer than a hundred deaths. Are we? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're fewer than a hundred deaths, and it's just over two thousand cases. But of course, that's only as as as, as good as your data. Yeah, and that's Claire in the background. I can hear, isn't it? Are you? It is. I mean, yes. After three weeks cooped up in a small space with you, how's she? How's she faring? Um, she's she's tolerable. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've developed some coping strategies, um, oh, good. but uh, we've we've uh, we've been married twenty years this year, so um, it, it's not come as a complete 
uh, as a complete shock. <laughs> well, you, well, you work together as well, don't you? So you, you uh, we do. You... So what, what's the state of, of employment and businesses there? Are you all, are you all completely in limbo? We are all completely in, in limbo. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's entirely possible that the, the implications of, of, of lockdown South Africa are going to have um, very serious and very dire consequences on our economy. Uh, we were already in recession. Uh, we already had, uh, or we'd just been downgraded to junk status, status by Moody's and the other investment houses. Um, all of that was already happening. And then, of course, um, we've, we've, we've had the entire economy switched off for what will be at least five weeks. So that's, that's, yeah. bleak. that's pretty bleak then, really. And you're, you're in the wine business, so, and I know they've, they've, they've banned the sale of alcohol. Yes, uh, the, the, sale, the sale and, and movement of alcohol is entirely banned. Um, something you also might like to, to consider when, uh, when, when, when feeling the restrictions you've got in the UK, would you believe they've also banned the sale of tobacco and cigarettes? <laughs> so oh. uh, the, the nation's smokers who didn't see that coming uh, <laughs> are all busy nick-fitting and, um, of course, the... Uh, sudden removal of, of alcohol has, has got uh, socioeconomic implications as well. Yes. So, yeah. um, but we're, wow. I am in the wine business, but I'm also reminded that if I, you know, if I sold clothes, if I sold electronics, um, at the moment I would be equally as, as chokeholded by the shutdown. Literally yeah. only medicine and uh, food, um, that sort of thing, is, is the only thing permitted to, uh, to, to, to be traded. Yeah, so I'm really interested about the how does what kind of catch net is there over there for people who will have lost their income or I mean, what's the health care situation in South Africa? Is there a national system there or is it <coughs> private health care or how, how does it work? It, it, it's very much a two tier system. Uh, there, there is um, uh, a, a, a government uh, medical infrastructure um, which I would say was probably already fairly tested to, to its limits as it stood. Um, those who can have, um, uh, have private medicine um, and there's a network of private hospitals and, and, and clinics up and down the country um, and I, I, I don't know the uh, specific details but there has been uh, a partnership entered into between uh, the private medical industry and government to maximise uh, the effective rollout of resources, use of hospital beds, that that sort of thing. So they've, yeah. um, you know, it's it's not business as usual. They've they've come up with a plan to try and stretch it as widely as as possible. I was just wondering about the furloughing. We got this scheme in the UK where if if companies can't keep people on because of lack of income, yes. there's a furlough scheme. Is there anything like that over there? Yes, it is. It's 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 uh, it's very uh, very similar from what I from what I understand. But again, in a in a country with two very distinct economies, a formal and an informal economy, what a lot of South Africans are realizing is that um, the, the the unemployment benefit that they're that they're looking at um, that that they will get if they've been furloughed is trying to think on current exchange rates. It's um, it's a little over a hundred, no, about two hundred pounds a month, which which won't even cover rent and and, and uh, or, or won't even cover food. food. Yeah, I mean it's 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 we've calculated out what what we'll get 
um, having paid into the system and it doesn't even cover a, a weekly shop uh, and that's right. a month um, and it's expected that payments could be up to 35 40 days away um, yeah. so in, in in that respect it's 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 pretty 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 bleak but um, you know South Africa is a is a country of uh, survivors of plan makers and uh, it remains to be seen how we how we get through this together yeah and as far as the sort of in the 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 people who are were already really on the poverty line the the big sort of informal settlements in South Africa where people are living really close together it's a hand to mouth kind of uh, existence for those guys what yes i mean has has the virus uh, and covid hit hit those informal settlements I, 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 in actual fact, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's precious little in terms of uh, actual confirmed numbers and uh, even speculation on, on that. Uh, we do know that there have been cases, confirmed cases in those types of communities. And knowing what we all know about the virus, one can only presume that it's, it's being spread you know, very fast. I mean, how does one self-isolate and lock down when a family of you know four to six people all live in a, a single room shack with no running water so one one can only presume that that the the human cost that that's in the post is is going to be really quite um yeah. sobering it seems like you're slightly behind the curve of covid when compared with the uk when we're up in you know, double figures of thousands. So on a slightly lighter note, I suppose, how are you filling your days? Have you, uh, have you got into a rhythm or is it just watching your uh, wine stores steadily deplete and uh, endless, <laughs> endless mowing of the garden? What, what time is it over there? Half past one in the afternoon. Uh, like ten past, ten past one. Ten past one. Um, uh, so you've been up half an hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I wish. It's it's been uh, you know one of the one of the, the 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 nice things if you're if you're one of the the lucky ones in South Africa is is that um, you know life usually in, includes a, a, a domestic worker um, and obviously that's not been the case for the last three weeks so we're we're uh, we're, we're cleaning our house as we as we go uh, we're trying to uh, be a little bit fancier with our cooking as a way of filling time. Um, quite impressively, uh, my son Harry, who's a, who's eleven, he's back at school via Google Classroom in the mornings. Um, wow! Hi, <laughs> just, Harry. Just says hello. Hi. Um, and of course, although we're not trading, there's been a huge amount of work to be done. You know, on the on the business, our, our business was was uh, forty employees strong and and and, and busy. Um, it got ground to an abrupt halt, but we've been dealing with banks, applying for what um, uh, schemes that we can to try and get relief uh, or help or assistance. We're drawing up and redrawing up projected sales figures, arguing about whether the end of lockdown will bring a boom or whether where people will be um, uh, much more conservative. Uh, that's, that's a constant state of debate between Claire and I. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you've been here, so you know. Luckily, our house is on a decent-sized plot, so we we open up both the side gates and and do circles around the house for an hour, which is roughly five kilometres of a really? of a marching pace hike. <laughs> um, 
we've 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 gone through the entire back catalog of Black Adder online with, oh. uh, with Harry. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> lots of this sort of thing. Luckily, you know, with this this kind of pandemic being once once in a century type thing, it, it, at least with us, we've got all of this wonderful technology. We can yeah. stay in touch. Yeah, yeah. You've done the whole series of Black Adder. Yes, except wow. for the first series. We don't think that'll get uh, watchable again till about week five. <laughs> well, it's a short step to Benny Hill, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, no it's not. <laughs> I don't want that nonsense on in my house, thank you very much. <laughs> well, you could, you could recreate some of the classic Benny Hill, you know, uh, features uh, around your house. You could chase, no, chase Claire no. around the house. No, 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 no. <laughs> you were there at our no, wedding, no, no. you know me, that's a no. <laughs> with the music. Harry doesn't the... want to see it either. No, okay. <laughs> it's fair enough. We've just jumped into a very uh, murky area of uh, British comedy that we best forget, really. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'd like to, uh, to wish you all the best, guys. I think, uh, you know, we'll all get out of this at the end in some form or another. Would it be all right if I check in with you again in a couple of weeks and see if you're still as chipper? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> as long as he's still alive, Mark. <laughs> Would you think there might be a freshly dug patch of earth uh, uh, somewhere on that loop around your house, Claire, and you and very, Harry are just li likely. living a happier and more uh, tranquil life? Uh, well, thanks, thanks very much. We'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to ring you in a couple of weeks and see how you're getting on. Fantastic. Look forward to speaking to you then. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. So there we are, an international segment in Radio Machantleth. Illuminating to hear from John in South Africa, I thought. Interesting, uh, particularly uh, regarding the difference of approach of the two governments. Uh, I note with interest that they've banned the sale of alcohol over the coronavirus period in South Africa, whereas in the UK it's been seen as a key industry uh, off-licensing and uh, all the off-licenses are still able to sell alcohol I understand so uh, it's quite a difference in approach maybe it says something about the two societies South Africa and the UK and well what would happen in the UK if the off-license is closed it would be anarchy back to the Dovey Valley this is Radio Machantleth and it's a bit r rubbish if we we have nothing about the Dovey Valley in this episode and, and a couple of weeks ago very surprisingly and enjoyably, I uh, had a chat to an important person in the Dovey Valley. The county councillor for much of the valley, as many of you will know, is Elwyn Vaughan, and he's a fascinating character. He's a relatively young man. Uh, he's been away from the valley, although he was born here and has come back now. And he's taken over the position of county councillor from Gwilin Vachen, who was a really brilliant county councillor. And Elwyn is sort of carrying on in his stead, I think. Uh, and he's got loads of great ideas and he's uh, really got the Dovey Valley at heart. And a few weeks ago, Elwyn came in to have a chat and uh, this was pre-pandemic. So we were sitting around a table, eyeball to eyeball, maybe just a metre apart. You remember those days? So I'm uh, here in the studio. I call it a studio, but it's actually just above the shop in Mine Green Street with a very famous local character. We we try and have kind of <laughs> characters on this show, but you're more than the character. You're kind of a Mkhentleth institution. Uh, I'm with Elwyn Vaughan. Hi, Elwyn. Hi, how are you? Very good. We um, called many things, but never an institution. <laughs> when a man gets to a certain age, <laughs> he becomes an institution. And many of you all know Elwyn. Most people will know you through your council work, perhaps. Yes, these days, I expect. Yes, as a public county councillor for most big chunk of the Dovey Valley. Anyway. 
Yeah, you're uh, the nearest we get to a figure of authority. In the... <laughs> um, but you're, I mean, obviously you have a life before becoming a councillor and, and you're, you're a local local lad. Yes, I, I was born and brought up locally, went to Machinteth and Sammeyer Machinteth School, so uh, went away and came back in recent times. So, so you, you did escape the valley for... I did indeed, yes, to other pastures, uh, which is not always a bad thing because it can give new experiences, new yes. outlook, and hopefully bring those back with you yeah. to, uh, in future years. Uh, so when you left the valley, did you head off? Were you in Cardiff? No, I, I, oh. I avoided that trek oh, that right. many of my compatriots did. Yes. I, I did actually go up north towards Bangor and Carnarvon Way yeah. uh, and worked specifically after university and things on community development projects. Right, so yes. So that's my background. European funded projects yes. galore. That's yes. my background. <laughs> and were you working for a count in the in the public sector then, or was it- sometimes in the public sector, sometimes in the third sector? Yeah, but always with all sorts of different projects, basically. Yes, very, very interesting projects. Yes, and you're very sort of uh, all within Wales, so you're quite you're, you're yes, passionate. Uh, you're passionate about your country. Yes, yes. So, well, it, basically, my philosophy is quite simple. I was brought up in the hills uh, between those you know the area between uh, Brigham's Inn and Winstay uh, in the top of the Dovey Valley. Yes, and basically. I remember uh, going to Flambermeyer's junior school and seeing all the young people from that area then uh, leaving to college, yes. leaving for work and never coming back. Yes. And really that's a pattern that's been going on since about the 1780s when people yeah. went to America in yeah. their thousands. So there's nothing new and basically nobody else is going to stand up for the area mm. unless we do things ourselves. And yeah. that's how I started it. Yes, and so you came, so it was always on the cards that you'd come back to, uh, uh, from well, your... It's not an always an easy option, No, because it does work, depend on work and opportunities and things like that, yeah. and you never know where, where life takes you, uh, but all, that was my ambition. Yes, so you, you came back, was it eight years ago? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that? Yeah. I remember meeting you when you first yes. came back. Oh, <laughs> good, good memory. <laughs> I do, well yes, yeah, well, you made an impression. <laughs> so, uh, and then as far as your... You have an active interest in politics. Yes. That, I mean, do you? Yes. Um, how would you characterise your politics? I know you're fully kind of in the Plaid camp. Would yes, you... I'm. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a Plaid camp county councillor yeah. uh, on powers. So, uh, but my my background would be okay. I come from the farming background, so that's one advantage. I understand that sector and some of the challenges yeah. that that. Um, traditional community faces but always I've been in community politics is my background and and protest politics so very much in uh, Welsh language society yes. environmental politics those are the big that's my sort of track record uh, so I bring that hopefully radical edge into day-to-day um, well and you're a young man of course I mean, I, <coughs> so, so, <laughs> the, the fire is still burning bright <laughs> hopefully <laughs> So you took over from um, when you became a Powys County Councillor. Gwilym, Gwilym Vachan was your predecessor, wasn't yes, it? Yes, Gwilym been there for active and a long time. I mean, I, I do see similarities between them. I mean, he's quite a firebrand in his own way, I think, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He's been uh, very active over the years and all sorts of... You can, you can speak, honestly, because he won't be listening to this. <laughs> We've only got one lister, and they're in Bangor. So, um yeah, so you took over from from Gwilym, yes. and and how do you find Powys County Council? Do you do you find it a, an environment that you can function within? Or is it fairly open to you know new approaches and well, my new ideas? 
I have a laugh when I go to council. People always ask me, how do you get on in Pubs Council? And the approach I take is I seriously do have a laugh because I find them behind the times as compared to other authorities in many ways, in right. attitudes and culture, the place in particular. So I find anything we can do to push a progressive agenda forward is a win. So... You know, that's why we do motions and things, environmental uh, motions or on mental health or on and community development, or economic development. But really, it is pushing an open door because at least we're giving ideas. And that's what, what I want to do, basically, is not be seen as a whinger or complaining or negativity. It's what we can do in a positive way yeah. and to move things forward. Yes. Uh, so that's why we always try to present ideas and... Fairness on the whole, they latch onto them. <laughs> You've got to push at the door. Yes, yeah. And is it is the forgive me is is, is the county council what what's the majority? It's, uh, I, I should know. It's, this. it's well, it's uh, the biggest group is the independent councillors. Is it? Uh, yes, oh. and then conservatives. So it's an independent conservative led authority. Oh, oh. so uh, drain that, the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes uh, interesting uh, life. So, so is that, where's the independence? Is that a tradition in Paris? Yes, many, it used to be many rural authorities, New Pembrokeshire, years ago, Gwynedd even, mm. uh, but really that has diminished in recent times. Yeah. Uh, and Powys, I think, is the only one left in Wales which is independent. Yeah. Uh, but the trend is downwards. And is there a sort of voting block that you... How do, you're, you're obviously applied, but yes. do you, is there another cohort there that, well, that uh, you are often... Vote with or well in the budget vote recently, for instance, you had the Liberals, uh, which is a 13 14 members, you've got uh, eight Labour members, and ourselves voted together, right? Uh, in certain ways, so that just makes sense in terms of values and, and yes. ideas, something, yes, yeah. You can gang up on the Conservatives, well, exactly. <laughs> so, um one of the reasons I wanted you to come in here wasn't it wasn't just to t- totally flatter you, but I think you you are exactly the right kind of person to represent this community because you a have a knowledge of the place based on your heritage or your history of living here, but equally you're you're uh, someone who's quite easy to talk to I think and and uh, is interested in hearing other people's thoughts and ideas and maybe representing them. It would be a terrible loss to the council and to the local area if you decided to stop being a councillor and maybe become, you know, a member of the Welsh Parliament, for example. Have you any interest in that sort of... Because I know, I know, I know you have, because you almost stood this year, or last year, uh, I should say. Yes, it is an interest. I'm interested. I've been involved in politics. I remember well, I can tell you. In 1983, it was my first election. I was still in school in Machantlet and Sixth Form. I'm skiving after school to canvas for David Ellis Thomas at the PMA oh. from Pennell and Courtways. Yes. So um, that was quite fun. And um, <laughs> so I've been involved in every election since then. It is, it's in my DNA, basically. Yes. Yes, it is something I've been interested in, but in particular in Montgomery, because this is quite an odd geographical constituency, it stretches from, right from the coast to the, the office like. Yeah. Uh, so very diverse, but it is very much about challenging the status quo, the Tories' in reality, in ideas and values, mm. and that's what I would like to see happening. Yes. Wherever that. So Westminster it. Parliament or Cardiff. Cardiff would obviously be my first choice, yes. you know, uh, if uh, that uh, option ever arose. But having said that, even if that were to happen, and the in reality that would have to happen through the Midwest list option, which is yeah. the peculiar voting system that we have, 
I would want then a base on my presence to be local in terms of office and support staff, etc., etc., because I think very much there's a danger that Mid Wales is missed out very often. And what my my line all the time is, rather than Powys has historically played a valuable role in the history of Wales, I equally want it to be as much of the future as of the past. We can always look back towards Glyndwr and Harper, but things and all that. But really, you know, let's think what the future is. And I see Powys should be very much as a Celtic knot tying the rest of Wales together, yes. rather than this image of being a gap between north and south. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know whether we're north or south. We don't never... Good question. Well, because <laughs> mid doesn't feature on many no. choices when no. you put the, dra- the drop-down menu. No. It's not no. an option for no, the mid. exactly. <laughs> so um, if you had your dream sort of scenario, how would you characterise the future of Wales? You know, if, if you could cast Wales in any context you know an independent country within the european union or an independent country outside the european union or how, how would you characterize where you think wales should be as an entity well, i think historically wales has been a, a part of the long tradition of family of regions and countries of europe and likewise in the future we should be whatever dynamics europe takes we should be part of that future uh, as Wales. I think also people get hung up over the word independence. I don't get hung up over the word independence because in reality uh, it's about interdependence, not the hardline independence. And there will always be things that on in the UK level and British Isles, including Ireland in that sense, that we need to share commonality commonality and obvious ones are environmental issues, but also the practical in defence and everything else. So I would see ourselves very much more of a confederate system within these isles ah. in reality. Uh, so if you maximise devolution down, and uh, and even within England that needs to happen, I think, to maximise devolution down, uh, but being part of a wider European network then mm. uh, of countries, if that makes any sense. It does. <laughs> it does. And it's got, yeah. it's very, I hadn't really... Uh, it's an interesting take on the situation, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, it does require a huge amount... I mean, humanity constantly lets you down, really. It does. <laughs> it does. And sort of the ability of people to dislike other does get in the way sometimes yes. of... of Cooperation yes, it and does. confederation and that kind of and thing. And I think, ironically, at this present stage, is people talk about Scotland things, but in reality, the his- lesson, lesson from history we should be looking at is what happened in Ireland under, actually 100 years ago. Mm. And it was actually a home rule movement you had there, mm. which was quite progressive in many ways, uh, wanted to maximise devolution. But because Westminster at the time uh, poo pooed that and basically pushed them away, the more radical elements then went hardline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became the Sinn Feiners then uh, of total independence took over yeah. and really pushed Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's uncanny, I see, the comparisons with what's happening in Scotland. Right, point. yes, yeah, and that, uh, that ended very badly for everybody. It did indeed. <laughs> so, yes, well, that, that comes back again to, to people respecting each other and, yes. and talking with each other and, uh, yes. and uh, looking for creative solutions. Where identity can be uh, kept yeah. and cooperation can exist, I suppose. Exactly. Well, um, perhaps I should say thank you very much for coming in. It's been lovely to have a chat. And uh, uh, we'll, uh, well, I'll be voting for you anyway if you do stand for wherever it is you stand for. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming in. Yeah. So that's about it for this episode of Radio Mchantleth. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to John in Cape Town and Elwyn in the Deco Shop. Do stay well, stay safe 
And I'll leave you with some exciting non-corona news. NASA have announced that they're sending the first cow into space. Apparently, according to a spokesman, the stakes have never been higher. <laughs>